Hey everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 598. Today we're going to take a look at Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Now this is being published over here in the United States by Simon Inc. It was originally published over, I believe, out of Italy uh, through Cranio Creations. Uh, this is very much a euro for euro's sake. There's a lot of different mechanics, a lot of innovative uh, ways that worker placement's gonna happen. Kind of the gist of the game is that you roll these different colored dice and everybody has workers in the color that matches those dice. And that is gonna kind of determine kind of the strength of the worker or the buying power of the worker. So you might roll a six in black, so everybody's black worker's worth six. And you might roll a two in orange and everybody's orange workers were two. And that's gonna kinda of determine the effectiveness or the power of the different actions that you're going to do. So you place the workers out, you get these cards, you can run production, get wood and stone and all that stuff and kind of build up to more cards that are worth lots of points at the end of the game. So let's jump in and look at all the mechanics and then I will come back and tell you what I think of it. Okay, here's just about everything that you get in the game. As you can see, you've got kinda of your main board here. And this is really kind of a couple of different sections. They've got this large section up here. You can see these columns of cards. These are different colored cards and you got these little circle spots here. Well, players will be putting their little worker tokens here in these spots to try to acquire these cards. And they're kind of themed differently. You've got production and harvest cards, uh, buildings, and then kind of special bonus cards here you'll score points at the end of the game from. And then down here in the middle, you've got here like the church. And you can see each player has a little token in their track. And every era or every age, you're gonna kind of score how far you move up this track to try to avoid these three penalties here. So we can take a look at this one here. There's a whole stack of these age one penalties here that you want to try to do. So this one says, if you don't successfully kind of please the church, then you're gonna to have to reduce by three the harvest actions that you take uh, for the entire rest of the game. <laughs> so none of these are particularly very good, uh, but sometimes you might have to sort of hedge your bets and sort of accept a penalty because it's a little bit difficult sometimes to move up the church track. Uh, but anyway, moving down here, we've got kind of your generic sort of actions here. This is where you do the production and the harvesting. You can get, uh, just recently you can get gold, you can get extra workers and stuff to help you. This is just kind of, if there's not really anything else you can do up around these areas, then you might go down here to kind of supplement your income and things like that. Now this bottom section here does scale for the number of players. You've got these uh, tokens here that will cover up uh, different parts of the board based on the number of players. And the other thing I'm gonna show you before I show the individual player boards are these cards. Now the game suggests that you don't play with these uh, the first time that you play, and I'd say that's probably true. However, I did play with these the first time I played, and we've played with them every time. Since, what you're gonna do with these is you're going to draft these cards to start the game. So you're gonna end up with four of these. Now the way that these work, let's find a simple one here, like this one. So this one is once you have two of these buildings and then four of these production cards in your display, and then once per turn, you can get uh, three of these little assistant worker guys here, as well as a victory point. Or like this one, once you get uh, 35 points, and I forgot what that does. Oh, that, that copies a, another player's card uh, that they may have had out here. Uh, so I should make a note. There is some 
pretty steep iconography in this game. There is a good explanation for these. We did struggle once or twice, I believe it was with some of these penalties there, but it's nothing super bad. It's just something to be aware of going into the game. You might have to spend a minute or two kind of parsing the iconography. So anyway, you're gonna draft these cards, and then these are really good though. I, don't, I couldn't see playing without them, having played just with them. Uh, they give you kind of little avenues and pathways to go and kind of get bonuses and special actions that nobody else is going to have. So I do recommend playing with these. If not your first game, definitely your second game. So here we can see the individual player board. And they give you these little spots here to put your money and your wood and your stone and the extra little workers here. Now you can see some of these are different sizes. Like this is slightly bigger than that. So that counts as five. And you've got this big stone here that counts as five. Now here you can see slots. For the different cards you can see this is for your harvest cards the green cards will go down here uh, the yellow production cards will go up here and then you've got slots here off to the side you're going to build the purple and blue cards kind of dovetailing off the end of your board there now there are uh, little strips here that you can have kind of like the basic side which i'm showing here or you can flip it over and these are going to be sort of different for each player so you kind of randomly deal these out and you can play with kind of different sort of production and uh, harvest capabilities. But we'll go ahead and just tack that in right there. And of course, as you take and purchase cards, you're gonna start putting them down here. Now it's important to get uh, some green and or yellow cards in here because that's gonna generate income and resources and stuff like that for you to be able to build future cards as well as the purple and the blue cards. Now, one thing to note here, you can see, uh, you can only have two green cards to start off with, but then as you build more, we'll zoom in just a little bit there, then you can see you have sort of a defense requirement, sort of your army strength. So you need to be up to level three before you can build that third card. However, you're gonna get points, as you can see, one, four, 10, 20, as you start to add more and more green cards. But of course, the defense requirement's gonna go up as well. And then this is back it up a little bit there. You can see also, you're gonna get a certain number of points for the amount of blue cards. So if you had six blue cards at the end of the game, you get an additional uh, 21 points, or if you only had three, you can see that you only get six points. So you wanna invest in that. And then down here at the bottom, it kind of reminds you, you can kind of turn in all these basic resources for every five of stone and wood and all that stuff, you're gonna get an extra point. And speaking of the defense track, you can see here, okay, everybody starts at zero, which shows you can build two green cards. And as you move up, you can see it kind of unlocks the extra green cards. It's got that little icon there. So what do you do on your turn? Well, the first thing you're gonna do every round is you're gonna roll these big old fat chunky dice here and put them down here. And like I explained in the intro, this is gonna kind of determine the value of your workers. So each worker has, excuse me, each player has a worker in their color. And you can see we've got the ones here that match these different dice that were rolled, as well as this neutral one, which is kind of this just straight wood color, and it's always a zero. So when you take actions on the board, if I took an action, for example, with this worker with the white cube on it, then I would be level six or value six because we rolled a six that round. And this is cool because it affects everybody. So sometimes you can have a round where you roll really low and everybody's really kind of struggling to do some of the more high powered actions. And you can have rounds where it's more even or you roll very high, like it's a five, five and a six. So it's a little bit more uh, you know, easier for everybody to get the things that they want. So that's very interesting. Now, when you take an action, you can also spend these little purple guys here, and that's gonna bump that up. So if I took an action here with the black uh, cubed worker, and then I added these two purple guys with them, then I would have two, because the black dies two, and then plus one, plus two, so I could do something sort of at level four. Now, a good chunk of the time is gonna be spent 
going to these different columns to grab cards. So we can see here, uh, let's say I wanted to ground, grab this green production building here. I'd go over there with the black worker. And remember I had a two, so I would need to spend a purple to get it up to three because you can see on that little icon, you need at least three power. And then I would take this card. Uh, sometimes there's a cost to the card, but not this particular one. And you can see you've got kind of two parts to it. You've got this little immediate action here in this, this middle band. So you immediately would get two stone for taking it. And then once you activate it later during a harvest phase, if you activate it with a level four, you can get two more stone. Now let's say yellow's gone here. That means that yellow can never go back to this column here to get a green card with one of their workers, except for they have this neutral worker here. And this one can kind of break that rule, but you can see this is always a zero. So you're always gonna be spending these little purple assistant guys to help you with this. So this is not very good, but allows you to go someplace where maybe you've kind of blocked yourself out. Now, let's say red wanted to go here after yellow had got this and they wanted to get this other one up here. Uh, they would have to actually pay $3, three coins to the bank if there is anybody uh, there. So it's good to kind of go into these columns and get in there and get what you need because after that is just going to really drain on your money supplies because it's going to make money really important in the game. Now the other thing to note here, when you go to some of these higher up spots, you immediately will get kind of a bonus reward. So even though uh, red one up here, maybe they had to spend some extra purple dudes to get this. And this is a little bit more, you know, they, they use their higher value worker to get there. They're going to get kind of a recompense of, in this case, one wood. Now, if you see just above there, the top space right there is a value of seven. So you're always going to have to spend these, the purple assistants to get that because of course the max value on a die is six. Now moving over here, you can see examples of the blue and the yellow cards here. These actually have a cost above just placing the worker there. So this blue card here, there's a warlord that costs you two coins. You can see that in the upper left. The residents here cost you two stone. And these are gonna give you different cool things. So like this blue one, we'll say, anytime you go to purchase another green card, like we just showed you, you can add two automatically to whatever die you use. So that's a really good one to get because not only does it kind of assist you further in purchasing green cards further along, you can also see the immediate action there in the center is you get three defense. And remember, you need defense to be able to get more than two green cards. So that's a really good one to get. And then over here, the residence, you can see when you go to activate kind of your production, when you hit this card, you need a level one die. So that's pretty easy to get. But when you do that, you can turn a coin into a favor action. And speaking of favor actions, there's this big spot here, right in the middle of the board. This is kind of like your default action. Now you always need at least a one. See, if you place your little neutral worker there, you're gonna always have to spend that uh, purple assistant there to get and do that. Uh, but anybody can go in there, there's no blocking. So as many people as you want can go there. And you can see when you go there, you get to do a favor, plus you get a coin. And anytime you take a favor in the game, whether it's through a card or going to this particular spot, you can just kind of take kind of a resource. So you can get a wood and a stone, or you can get two of the workers, or two coins, or move up two up the defense, or move one up the church track. The other thing to note is the order that people go here should be maintained. So if yellow went there, and then red went there, and then maybe somebody else, that's gonna actually change the turn order. You can see it says one, two, three, four. So we'll just back up a little bit. And here's the turn order track here. So that will change, and we'll change all that at the end of the round to resort the turn order track there.
So looking down here, speaking of harvest and production, once you start to acquire the green and yellow cards, you need to go here and activate those. Well, remember I showed you some of these cards, you need a sort of a higher level die to get. So that's something you have to keep in mind. You might go grab this forest, you're like, great, I get a wood and I can, when I run harvest, I can get three wood, but I gotta do that with a five. So that's interesting. Or this other one here, I'll get three gold when I purchase it, but to be able to activate it down here and get a favor, I've got to activate it with a six. So you go here to the harvest or the production and you're gonna take a look at the die and then all the cards in front of you that are equal to or lower than that die that you placed, you'll be able to do that. And then let's say this spot was taken, say red took that production spot, but yellow really wanted to do it. And so the yellow came over here. Now they're gonna have a penalty, and this is another open spot here. As many people as they want can go here, but they reduced by three the die that they were using. So in this case, white was a six like we rolled earlier, but now it's become a three, and so they're probably gonna to have to spend some more of these purple workers to boost it back up. And the same here with the production. And again, with the production, you run these yellow cards. It's the same type of thing. You run through them, and this one says you can spend, you get a buck per, uh, yellow card that you have and this one you can spend a buck to move up the church track and then of course you have these kind of default spots you go here you can get five gold you go here you can get five of the purple workers you can go here and get some defense and gold or you can take two different favors and so on so these are kind of i wouldn't say these are like last resort spots like sometimes you need to go there before you can do anything else because money and these purple workers are very tight uh, so they're just as in demand as some of the other spots now the game is gonna kind of act on a timer. You can see uh, the decks of cards here. You've got age one down to age two and then age three. And you basically just play all the way through these and these will just get better and better and better as you go through and you know, add to your production, add to the point values. Uh, let's just take a look at an example of a purple card here that you get points for. It's like when you take this, you could get two different favors. And then at the end of the game, you get four points. And you might say, why don't you just take the four points now? Well, there's other things that will trigger off how many points and how far along you've moved on the point track. Uh, so these are just kind of you know built in and baked in towards the end of the game and they won't you know help trigger some of those effects. Now once you go through an age, everybody will place and each age is gonna last two rounds and then so like at the end of the second round, you're gonna run through all the level ones and go into level two. At that point, you're going to resolve where people are at on the church track. And coming back to this, you can see this here. So okay, here's the age one token and you can see the penalty there. If you don't meet this level here, so in this case you need to get up to three, then you need to bump up to here, and you need to be at least under that or further past it. And at that point you can make a decision. You can even bypass this. So you can say, you know what, I'm just gonna keep moving up, or I can say, okay, I'm gonna accept, and then I'm not going to be penalized by this. I'm gonna drop all the way back down to zero. I'm gonna get three points for doing that. Uh, but at least now for the rest of the game, my harvest actions aren't reduced by three. Now let's say for some reason I didn't quite make it or I didn't want to do it, I'd put a little token on there to remind myself and everybody else at the table that I'm being affected uh, by that penalty. And then you've got basically two more rounds going through the level two cards to make it up to here to level four. And in this case, if you don't, then whenever you purchase a purple card, you can kind of tell by that icon, you're gonna have your die reduced by four and so on. So you can get all the way up there uh, if you want. And then whenever you sort of say accept and say, okay, I'm just going to uh, you know, block the penalty and then drop all the way back down to zero, you're gonna get the number of points of wherever you're at.
that's pretty much the game. You're going to get points for the cards that you have. So the blue and, and the purple cards, you know, if you get points during the game, you're going to get points from the church track. And then again, whoever gets highest up on the defense track there is going to get five points. Second highest is going to get two points. Uh, but that's pretty much the game. Okay, so that is Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Uh, this game has really grown on me. Now, it kind of comes across as kind of mechanics for mechanics sake. I think I've said that a few times now. Uh, it maybe would feel stale to you know some people because it's just like go here, get cards, you know, go here, get some gold, which I'm gonna need later to purchase this card or get some more of the purple workers because I'm gonna need to kind of beef up my buying power, if you will. Uh, but it really is very, very interesting and different, mainly because of, well, probably two things. One, first of all, is this dice. This is a cool mechanism, I think, because some turns are gonna be really bad for you, but they're gonna be really bad for everybody. <laughs> and that's awesome, because everybody's really struggling. And that's gonna kind of change sort of the dynamics and the supply and demand of, let's say, the purple workers. Because if the dice are really low, then everybody needs purple workers, probably, unless you stocked up on them last turn. Uh, so that's going to change, and if the dice are really good, then a lot of those higher up cards are going to be easier purchased. Now, not necessarily, you know, the good cards are at the top and the bad cards are at the bottom. Uh, so turn order is going to come into play uh, quite a bit because, you know, you really want to get that card that is a little bit more of like an engine building card early in the game. So, you know, you, you want to get after that before everybody else. And, you know, the church track, like I mentioned, is pretty tight. Uh, so you really kind of have to kind of take a hit on one of your other sort of paths to victory to just say, ooh, I really don't want that penalty because I know that's going to cut my knees off uh, later on in the game. So you kind of have to balance between that. So it's a very interesting sort of game in terms of like the economics of the actions that are available because they're very, very dwindling, especially at the larger player count. Now, it does scale the production in some of these spaces here at the bottom, kind of your, I guess you call them your more generic spaces, uh, you know, based on the number of players. Uh, but the cards don't really scale that much. So it's a little bit, it feels a little bit easier to do the things that you want to do in a two-player game. It's not as much of a headache. <laughs> and I say that in a good way. So when you ramp it up to four players, you know, then it's like, ooh, yeah, I really got to figure out, you know, where I'm going to go and hope that as the table goes around, uh, you know, Billy doesn't take that card over there. And that's kind of the interesting thing about it is that you can really approach this in a lot of different ways uh, because you can kind of go after, let's say, just the green buildings and do those to sort of, uh, you know, get your harvest up and kind of ignore maybe the yellow buildings a little bit or vice versa. You can go after more of the yellow buildings or you can go after the blue buildings versus the purple buildings. Although, you know, there's kind of that enticement of that immediate action. So when you buy the card, you get that immediate action. And then maybe if you go to one of the higher spaces, you get a little bit extra bonus. So there's this kind of like little tactics stuff mixed in with the kind of more of the long-term goals. So that's really, really cool. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of a struggle. I wouldn't, I don't want to oversell that, but there's a little bit of a struggle in my opinion with the iconography. It's a lot to kind of process, but I'd say probably through your first game, you know, kind of moving through that, you'd get used to it. And, uh, you know, it's not confusing. It's just kind of a lot to take in. And I guess the last thing to mention is uh, the leaders here, the draft cards, these characters that you can get. 
I would certainly play with those because those kind of just add uh, a layer of individuality. The draft doesn't really take too long. Uh, maybe the first time as players are kind of looking up those icons because there is a sheet here to process these. Um, so that, that's going to be a little bit of a, of a upfront time sink. But once players learn that, then they're, you know, like I said, the icons are, are straightforward and they make sense. But I really like that aspect of it. And it just gives you, like I said, kind of these different approaches and saying, like, look, uh, well, the one thing I did mention is that you can actually discard uh, those because you, you, you probably end up with one, maybe two that you don't end up doing. And you can discard those for a favor. So that's kind of an interesting tactical choice to say like, well, I'm probably not going to do this one, so I'll get the favor. That's going to give me that extra movement on the church track or that extra bit of gold or whatever that I need. Uh, so there's a kind of a little bit of hand management mixed in with it. So I say if you're a big fan of like, you know, crunchy euros, this is certainly one of them. Uh, it does play well at two. I would say I would recommend it at all the player counts. It's just a little bit tighter as you add more players, uh, but I don't think that enhances or diminishes the game. It just kind of has a different feel to it. Uh, so definitely take a look at Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Thanks.